0: Good morning, afternoon, evening, or night, professor, uh, whenever you choose to listen to my podcast. Um, I've been trying to uh, adopt more and more technology uh, due to a couple of reasons. Um, this is John Strebel, by the way. A couple of reasons. First, um, you know, time presses on and... More and more tech is creeping up on me and I need to start uh, being better at keeping up with it. Um, I just made earlier this week my first classroom Twitter account, cl- accounts and Instagram accounts. Never thought I'd have a Twitter account. Uh, but I'm going to give it a shot. Um, and uh, so because of that, I'm going to try to do this in podcast form. Um, <laughs> audience of one... Uh, I'm gonna try and, uh, not be all over the place. I listen to podcasts all the time and, uh, a lot of them, uh, I can hear the papers, you know, rattling around and, uh, they take copious notes. Some just go off the top of their head and it shows, uh, I have several, uh, several, uh, pages of notes here and I'm going to jump, be jumping around through them I got them as organized as I can, but, uh, hopefully this isn't too confusing. Um, And uh, bear with me. I'm going to cite uh, several particulars um, from uh, articles and uh, stuff from the list, the bibliography list that I gave you a couple weeks ago. Um, Other stuff, just like a real podcast, I'm going to go ahead and say um, I have the... uh, the links and information citations in my bibliography, or as they call in a real podcast, the show notes. The show notes will have the information you need. Uh, So all that said, let's get started. Uh, This is my position piece. And my position uh, I'm going to take and argue is uh, probably not one that my uh, real life administrators uh, would like to hear me uh, arguing. Um, and that is the uh, position of personalized learning. Uh, I'm going to argue that it is a fad and will not work in the long term. Um, it, uh, it may seem like we'll play with it for a while, but if you've been uh, in education long enough, you see the pendulum swing. We, we do this, and now we do this, and a couple years later, oh, we didn't know what we were talking about Uh, now now we're all focusing on this. Um, But I'm going to argue that uh, there are several. The whole thing is pretty problematic. Pretty problematic. I know one of the hardest things to do is uh, differentiate instruction. And that's basically all personalized learning is, boils down to. Uh, But I'll get into that later on. Um, First of all, Education. What is education? Talk about personalized learning. We have to come back to what exactly is education? What is, do we want the kids to know? And, um, there is an author, Adrian Seeger, um, who, who, uh, wrote that, um, I have it right here. Uh, Adrian Seeger uh, says that um, education basically is made up of three um, mutually incompatible, he argues, facets. Uh, mutually incompatible. I think that's, that's, uh, that's interesting. Uh, and the three are, we are trying to build good citizens, uh, make our students good citizens. We are having them uh, master skills. A specific set of defined skills and also also indiv- uh, fulfilling each student's individual potential uh, those three things are the purpose and they don't necessarily go together uh, the problem um, with personalized learning in, in a nutshell which master do we do we uh, serve do we want the kids to master the skills we want them to fulfill their individual potential, each and every single one of them. And where does the good citizens come into play? Uh, districts uh, have jumped on this personalized learning bandwagon uh, with lots of enthusiasm. Um, actually, uh, uh, a uh, Educational Week Research Center uh, poll uh, said that 97% of uh, respondents' um, admin uh, districts said that they were uh, making a push for personalized learning. That is a staggering percentage to me—97 percent—and uh, that's country nationwide. Um, I, I don't think you can get 97 percent of uh, admins to agree on anything, but it seems like this is the uh, the new the new thing. Um, Author David Buckley um, talks about, uh, breaks down personalized learning versus the uh, kind of the old school, what uh, we've been, uh, the style we have been teaching. And he, he breaks it down as a, a difference between, they got a T model, which is the teacher-led model, and the P model, which can be either the peer or the pupil model. Uh, the personalized learning is uh, all the way uh, P model. But he argues that um, really what it should be is a spectrum. Um, because, you know, you on this side, you have uh, teacher-led instruction. On the complete other side of the spectrum, way over here, you have the, uh, the, the individual pupil peer model. Um, but, you know, like most things in life, uh, n- not many kids are only respond to one or the other style. Most kids are right there in the middle and even further depending on what they're learning, um, what, the, uh, what the subject is. Personalized learning um, itself, uh, all the way, it seems like admin is uh, wanting us to, I know my administration and district, uh, Pattonville, Is uh, making this a huge initiative and they seem like they want to get completely away from the teacher model and uh, right into the every single child individualized personalized learning uh, model here are some problems though let's get to some issues Um, we're gonna break down the issues uh, into uh, different categories we have issues Uh, Teacher issues, student issues, parent issues, and school issues. Uh, Most of the problems that I see uh, tend to fall into one of those areas. And obviously, I'm a teacher. So the first thing I see are the issues for a teacher. Personalized learning means highly independent work, lessons to plan, Uh, Not necessarily for every individual student gets a different lesson, but we um, obviously have to basically make it like a choose-your-own-adventure, give the kids options, um, which is why I'm doing a podcast. Uh, That's incredibly time-consuming. It's really, really hard, even to do a a, a couple different options. Um, I always try to make part of my lesson visual, part of my lesson audio, and part of my lesson kinesthetic. And that's hard enough getting those three in. But um, when you put into the mix the individual kids, uh, the individual subjects topics, and actually skills themselves, it it makes for tons and tons of different combinations that we are expected to plan for. And that's very time consuming. We do not have the time for that. Um, I've seen it argued that a flipped classroom could be a a way to try to do this. Um, But a flip classroom, and I'm sure you know what a flip classroom is, that takes even more time uh, to get it set up. And uh, sure, you can uh, use it year after year after year once you get all your lessons in. I teach middle school. I only have science to worry about. Um, But no teacher I've used that has used the flip model has ever really stopped uh, tweaking it, um, messing with it, changing it, Um, And even so, one of the other problems I'm gonna mention later on with the flipped classroom, you still have the classroom management issue. Um, Another thing we have limited uh, is class time to facilitate. I have 46 minutes with my children every day. um, And in that class time, it goes really quickly. Um, And what I have to do to embrace personalized learning and for it to be successful, is, is that I have to put an inordinate amount of trust in my kids and their independence Um, work at their own pace uh, choose how they want to complete the lesson Uh, work period Um, and what i've seen in the past is um, when i'm facilitating instead of helping the kids that need a little more help which is uh, would be ideal for me because i'm by myself um, what i'm doing instead is uh, you add children plus their ipads the technology uh anything else comes in the mix you have playing and behavior issues um, not working like they're supposed to work um, they they know more about how to hide what they're doing that on the iPad than I do so they can switch the screen when I'm not looking and I come back and they they've been watching a YouTube video and it looks to me like they've typed one word in 20 minutes uh, because I was helping this other student over here uh, it takes an ornament. I, inordinate amount of student trust. And I do sixth grade, they're 11 and 12. Um, That is not reasonable to me. Um, As well, uh, a teacher would need some support, uh, TAs possibly. Um, And in science, uh, not only does our building, uh, when I started 13 years ago, our building had seven TAs. We are now down to two, and science is not supported by any TA uh, support. Um, mostly they go to the math and ELA sections because they are the most frequently tested. Science tests only once every several years. So that's some uh, issues with, uh, from the teacher side. The student side is the push for personalized learning. Put a flag there. The push for personalized learning, um, is driven. And I've heard over and over again, uh, by the district and, and our PD, that you teach the students what their passion is. What do you want to learn? Learn what your interest is and learn it the best way, uh, your strengths. Um, it talks about weaknesses and uh, it says teach the kids strengths, let them do it what they're good at. Uh, it, but even if they're weak in a certain area, we still have a concrete set of skills that they have to learn. I, n- I, I still don't understand if a kid doesn't have passion for math, they still have to learn math. I don't understand where personalized learning comes into play. Um, and actually if, a, if a student's passion, if they really, really, really want to learn art or PE, um, which many, many of them do, uh, how does that affect or help, uh, not to be selfish me in my science classroom? I don't, I, my passion isn't science. My passion is art. So when I come into science, I'm not going to do anything. Um, it's tough. It's it's a it's a challenge. What if a student has no passion at all? What if they are like a, <clears throat> like I was? We'll say, when I was 11 years old, 12 years old, I tried to get out as, of as much work as I possibly could. Oh, we're gonna we're going to be working independent today. Hey, I get to I get to play. I could do. I always read my book, but a lot of kids don't do that. I get to read my book. I get to draw my cartoons. I don't have to do anything because the teacher is letting us work independently. That was that was my uh, hey playtime here we go. You look around the room and you can tell your buddies. Ooh, it's independent time, so now we can uh, maybe pass notes around or like read each other's uh, facial expressions and body language. And we had a language and stuff. Um, but I know kids. I was I was one for a long time. I still feel like one sometimes, especially with technology. Like I said before, when you put technology, the kids. Um not only is it a huge um um it is a um It is um what word have been looking for it is um tempting thank you it is super tempting to a kid when they have an iPad to do something entertaining with that iPad, especially if no one's looking. That, it takes the, uh, the, the temptation and amps it up to 11, uh, like they said in uh, Spinal Tap. Uh, I have written down here, kids are kids, and both kids are underlined. Uh, kids are kids. I once was at a PD with a gentleman named Shiraki Holly, and he said something that stuck to me, stuck with me to this very day, because it's so simple, but so true. Children will not follow directions, period. Children will not follow directions. Uh, That's that's the truth. Some of them follow directions sometimes. Very few of them are natural rule followers and will do what you're supposed to do no matter how they're learning, but they're gonna be successful in life anyway then you have the rest of the normal children uh and also i have written down here weaknesses uh weaknesses aren't addressed it doesn't say uh well their weaknesses put them in a um, a special uh, supplemental class with a ta or with a teacher or something it doesn't even really talk about them It says uh, their strengths and their passion that's what they they learn what they want to know when they want to know it at their own pace Uh, it's not realistic um Another thing I have is parents, and this is gonna be pretty quick. Um, Basically, uh, just in the two years anecdotally that we've been trying this, uh, and not just for me, but from other educators in my building particularly, parents have a problem with it. A lot of them do. Uh, It's not what they grew up with. It's not the teachers that have jumped into this personalized learning with both feet that have the kids sitting on couches and under tables and draped over desks and on the iPad the whole time. Um, It looks to the parent like they are playing or wasting time or not learning or not doing anything. They are eyes glued to the iPad, which could be the entire lesson, but it looks like messing around to the parents a lot of the time. Basically, it's not what they grew up with. Um, And a lot of parents have a hard time, uh, a lot of people have a hard time um, when children, their kids... Uh, learn something in a different way. the math lattice and was was a big uproar. Now this is even worse because it looks like the kids are wasting time. Um, and uh, the parents that we saw in all of our PD education about it, the videos and the articles we read, the videos we watched, um, the parents in that, that worked in this um, program, uh, they gave special parental permission and had to fill out an entire application because all the uh, the PD we saw were pull-out programs. Um, so they were well aware of what the kids were doing. So you never saw any of the issues uh, from the parents in the videos and in the articles because they knew what they were buying into. We're a poke school. We have to teach everybody, and uh, our parents um, don't have to uh, give permission for this style, uh, in particular. And it's a sticky wicket, as my old British friend used to say. And finally, that leads into the problem with the schools. Uh, again, um, we're a public school, we have to teach all the kids, all the PD we've seen, examples and whatnot. Um, it seemed like the environment, the uh, that this was demonstrated successfully, was a not a public school environment and if it was it was a special pullout program uh one school had an entire wing of the building that was the personalized learning wing and they were they're a special little team and the the parents had to get their kids on that little special team that's 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 not a good model to use because it doesn't have all the kids it doesn't have the behavior problems it doesn't have the iep the special ed children um all the models were private or pulled out and that is a problem, not only in teacher buy-in, but in reality. It just didn't work. Um, the, the last thing um, I'm going to talk about with issues uh, is... Seem to me uh, to be smacking a little bit of um, conspiracy theory, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway because I saw enough about it in my research. Um, some think... Uh, that there is a ulterior motive behind the whole personalized learning program um, push, and it seems the tech industry—they think that the tech industry, um, the Mark Zuckerbergs, the, uh, his wife Priscilla Chan, they have a an initiative called the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, uh, in particular, and and other moguls, I you see if you call them that—they are pushing this to to sell tech but also to mine the data uh, of all the kids in the schools they they have to put in all their information we have to put in all their information we have all their information it lets kids become more familiar on the technology and and the more stuff they use the more of their information they put in Um, I'm not sure if I completely buy it it wouldn't uh, surprise me at all Um, but um, that's that's another thing that was explored uh, um, and it makes a certain amount of sense Especially since personalized learning at its core, again, like I said, is kind of differentiation. Uh, There's an author named Alfie Cohn who said, um, personalized learning seems to me to uh, just, quote, break knowledge down into itty bitty parts, um, unquote. And when you do that, he says that eventually uh, a kid's gonna find something that they can do if you break it down in something small enough but at the end of the day they still have to learn the concrete skills predetermined skills um in order to uh, move on and graduate uh, if you don't know it you can't do it um there is a uh, there's an article called uh, The hype and reality of personalized learning. Uh, again, this is by Adrian Seeger. I, I mentioned him earlier. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, the Rand Corporation, um, in an article, oh, sorry, the Rand Corporation did a study and said uh, after, they only did it for a year, uh, but they said after one year, there was marginal improvement. Uh, that's it. You know, it wasn't huge. Uh, and they said uh, most of the improvement in the study, they could point to other factors, Um, like uh, the better a school works, the better this works. It's shocking. If they have a format, if they have uh, uh, concrete lessons that they can implement right now, it it works a little bit better. We don't have that, we're not provided that, and I'll bet a lot of other schools in the nation are in the same boat. We have an iPad, and go. Throw an iPad in the kids' hands and uh, let them use it to learn their passions. Uh, And the uh, assistant director of the RAND education uh, wing is named Laura S. Hamilton, and she says... She says it would be a mistake uh, to run. She said it would be a mistake for districts to adopt these changes based on the technology alone, and that's what a lot of us are being asked to do: is the technology alone the support, the evidence, not the, su- the, not the evidence, but the support, um, the lessons, the, the, uh, the backup. And finally today I have my anecdotal evidence. This is just me personally. We've been, uh, told to, uh, do personalized learning for the past two years. Um, and I've seen, uh, some of it work. Okay. Uh, some of it, uh, not so much. Um, personally what I have done uh, in order to fulfill my requirements uh, was I tried changing their seating chart first Um, that did not work and that did not work very quickly because kids no matter what you tell them they will choose to sit by uh, their friends Um, it seems like the kids that'll uh, allow them to get the least amount done they will not make good decisions again Sharaki Holly uh, uh, children will not follow directions And sit by some, sit away from their friends so they can get work done. Uh, So that didn't work. Um, And another thing I did to fill the requirement last year is I did one highly controlled science project that was um, over the course of two weeks, the kids could pick any way to show that they had learned about ecosystems. Um, and I had I listed about 30 different ways that they could show their learning. I had a scoring guide. This is what you have to show me, that you've learned this, this, and this. And they could show me their learning in any way they choose. Um, now, they still had to show me ecosystems, that they learned about ecosystems. So if they weren't passionate about it, I mean, that really wasn't uh, personalized learning. But it, um, you know, my principles were looked at it as a step in the right direction. Um, I had a, uh, a, um, colleague, however, she jumped into it with both feet, an ELA teacher. I'll call her Mrs. F. Um, Ms. F, actually. She jumped into it with both feet and, uh, last school year, 2018-2019, she had the kids do from September to November, a two plus month, um, novel reading, novel project that um, she planned and planned and planned. Uh, The kids uh, were allowed to work at their own pace. There were multiple, multiple options uh, for ways to show um, that they were reading and learning uh, the skills around their book and novel. They could skip around. They could do things out of order. They could choose whatever they wanted. They could do a plain old chapter summary. They could do um, a video, a podcast. It was all in the Google Suite. All they had to do was share. And uh, even had an option, if the kids didn't like the book they were doing, they could pick an entire, entirely different book, and the lessons worked for, for those other books as well. In November, uh, when she finalized the grades for grading period two, we have six grading periods, grading period two, 60% of our kids on our team had a failing grade grade. 60 percent of our kids had a 59 or lower Um, and it was all across the board what you consider the um, lower kids higher kids were surprising um kids right in the middle all kinds of kids Um, they just moved too slowly or and or they didn't read they didn't read um And, you know, when it came down to the wire, um, uh, many of the higher kids panicked, freaked out. They were never used to getting um, anything lower uh, than, I mean, shoot, even a B or a C, um, much less an F. And a lot of them, she accepted work um, in between the end of the grading period, but before grades locked. That was a good five-day window. And she really, really, really worked and busted her butt to work with those kids um, to get late work to bring some of their grades up, but left to their own devices. The kids failed. They did not do well at all. Um, uh, and that's just uh, my experience and, and my teammate uh, teammate's experience. Um, our school district, like I said, this has been a push for a couple years and we've seen PD and videos and different models of how this works, high school, uh, middle school, mixed um, K through 8. But like I said, all of them were specialized classrooms or schools that operated not like a public school, but more like private charter or even magnet schools. And uh, I don't know why they did this. It blows my mind. Um, Our administration, our our two assistant principals and our head principal, and a, uh, a group of faculty went up to a school in Wisconsin that was supposed to be taking personalized learning and just rocking and rolling with it and knocking it out of the park. And they went up there and they observed for several days and they came back. And then we find out that was also a pullout program within the school. What is the point? It is comparing apples and oranges. It's not, it's not, doesn't relate to us and what we're doing. Um, We have to teach all the kids. So, I hate to say in conclusion, but this is approaching half an hour. In conclusion, uh, I, I really think that personalized learning will, it'll never go away because it's differentiation. But it will never work for every student. That is what they're wanting us to do as teachers. Until the entire school paradigm changes from a, gr- a teacher standing in front of a group of 15 to 25 to 35 kids and in charge of them for a period of time until we go to completely robot teachers. Um, this th- Kids are kids, and some of them will be spectacularly successful this way. Some of them will crash and burn. And say what you want for the way we teach now. Um, I've never once let a kid that showed me that they were willing to work ever be unsuccessful. Not once. Not once. And personalized learning, giving them the freedom... It's also given them the opportunity to crash and burn, in my opinion. Uh, that's just me. Maybe that's my bleeding heart talking. Uh, thanks very much, Professor. Um, I look forward to, I only have a couple of classes left, and I look forward to taking them. And maybe you will be my professor in uh, probably one last course. We'll see. Uh, thanks very much, uh, John Strebel. Bye-bye.